We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to BuzzBeat. Thanks for joining us again for another episode. This is Richie. We've got a special episode for you guys today. I dug up two old interviews from at least three seasons ago where I had the chance to interview both PJ Washington and his dad. The one with the dad is is farther back. I'm sure even some of our older listeners might not remember it. Uh, the new listeners who haven't had the chance to listen to these two interviews, I figured I'd put it out now, especially with the offseason and not a lot of activity going on. And with PJ, there's a lot of uncertainty with his future, so I figured I'd re-up these so everyone can get a chance to listen to that. And speaking of PJ, we plan on bringing on a guest to look at his career high game versus the Thunder this past season and do another film rewind episode where there will be like a video component and an audio podcast as well. That'll be out either later this week or early next week. And obviously, if you're a BuzzBeat Plus subscriber through Substack, you will get the video version and audio version earlier than the public. Without further delay, let's take a look at these two interviews with PJ and Paul Washington Sr. Paul, thank you so much uh, for taking time out of your busy schedule. And how's everything going with you? Oh, no problem, man. Everything's going good. Life is good right now. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Uh, I think all a lot of Hornets fans are enjoying P.J. Washington play this year. Uh, he has surprised a lot of people. I'm just going to ask you some several questions about yourself, but also about mm-hmm. P.J. as well. My, my first question to you uh, Paul was how was it coaching PJ in high school? I think being coach is is hard enough having to manage all the players and stuff like that. But when you have your son on the team, sometimes it complicates things. I think uh, other players maybe look at him a little bit differently. Uh, were you harder on him? And and just kind of share some thoughts and some insight on how that experience went uh, coaching him in high school. Sure, um, you know I've been coaching him since he was walking, you know, in, uh, in preschool and the YMCA and AAU and I was his middle school coach. So by the time we got to high school, I think we kind of figured it out. So, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't too tough. Actually a pleasure. I think my record, uh, was, was a lot more wins and losses with PJ on the team. So 
Uh, it was pretty good. He's a student of the game, uh, a very cerebral player. Uh, he knows every position, so it made it easy. And uh, he was just a winning basketball player. So, you know, I used to have to literally encourage him to shoot the ball. And, and uh, you know, he would try to get triple doubles. And uh, I would pay him a little bit money, more money for triple doubles. I'll pay him for rebounds. I'll pay him for any points over 20. So I try to encourage him to do uh, be very all around. So that's where you see the all around game. And it cost me a lot of money in senior year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Yeah. So, so you said he started playing since it seems like he was walking. I mean, d- did you as parents put any pressure on him to play basketball? Because I have a I have a 15 month old of my own. And I keep telling my wife that, hey, I, I want I want him to play basketball or baseball. But my wife <laughs> keeps reminding me, you know what? He could play tennis. He could play soccer. You just got to live with whatever sport he goes into. So was there any pressure on, on your end for him to play basketball? Um, you know what? We, we were just, we we're a sports family. My wife and I both play college basketball. Um, so naturally our kids, they usually gravitate to what you do, but, uh, with him and his brother, I uh, made sure that they played all sports. They played baseball. Actually, he was a hell of a pitcher, uh, played football. He was a quarterback and a DN also running back. Uh, and then he played basketball. So we made sure when it was that season, he played that sport. And then we went to the next sport because I didn't want to burn him out at a young age. So, um, and growing up in Texas, you know, it's it's a football state, so that's where he gets his physicality from. So he he actually loves football. He, he definitely loves football early on. Yeah, I, th- that's one sport where I'm just like I, I'm not sure if I want my kid playing football just because of all the uh, the concussion stuff and all the injuries. But sure. uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that's a good thing to do is is expose the kids to as many sports as possible so they're not burned out. Right. I, I guess at what age, what age, Paul, did you notice or recognize that maybe maybe PJ had the potential to be a collegiate player and play at an SEC school, or, or maybe did you know that he was going to be an NBA player? Like, was there an age or, or a certain time period uh, in his playing career that you thought maybe he has the the ability to go the distance there? I knew probably in his fourth to fifth grade years uh, playing for me in the summertime. I knew he was special. I knew he had a talent that if he just really honed his skills and really worked at it, uh, that he could be special. Uh, he came to me in fifth grade and, and told me that he wanted to uh, make it to the NBA. And we said, well, let's, let's set some goals out, you know, to, to accomplish that. And I just wanted to see what kind of work ethic did he really buy into. And he said, Dad, I want to be a McDonald's All-American. I want to be a Jordan kid. He said, I want to play on the USA team overseas. He said, I want to go to University of Kentucky. So then I looked at him, I said, well, do you know anybody out of Frisco, Texas that did any of this stuff you want to do? And he said, no. I said, me neither. So we need to really put our heads together, come up with a plan and do different things to take the sacrifices for you to accomplish your goals. And that's kind of how we did. We set out to accomplish his goals and to his credit, he accomplished every one of them. That's good. Yeah, you set those many goals along the way. You can kind of achieve stuff along the way and get there. And he obviously met his goal of going to Kentucky and he did have a solid season his freshman year at Kentucky, but he decided to come back for his sophomore season. He improved in a lot of ways from his first season to his second season. But I think the biggest jump from a lot of fans views came from behind the arc. PJ Washington went from shooting 21 three pointed tips in all of his freshman year to shooting close to 80 in his sophomore year. And he also went from shooting 24% all the way up to 43. So my question to you, uh, what all went into his decision to return to Kentucky and maybe how much of it was him wanting to kind of showcase that outside shot? His, his shooting ability was something that uh, the NBA wanted to see something more in college. Uh, if you go back to high school, I mean, he shot, he shot more threes and 
and, and has had a really good percentage in ice. We averaged 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. But there again, he's a coach's kid. So his freshman year, uh, you know, Calipari needed him in the post and mm-hmm. told him to go down there and bang and be a physical kid and rebound. So that's kind of what he did and told him to drive the ball. So he does what the coach is telling him to. Coming back, we got the feedback after his first year going to the combine. And they wanted to see more of a, a rounded game to see if he can shoot the ball. And so that's kind of what he showcased his sophomore year. You know, he, he rounded his game and went in the gym and practiced and, and uh, stretched his game. So that was a uh, credit to him, you know, putting the work in and, and showing that part of the game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, very good. And obviously, going into the NBA, it's pretty easy to see that that extra year did pay off for PJ. And he developed that outside shot, or at least showcased it a little bit more. And that's totally in his arsenal, as you see uh, him on the NBA court today. But to me, what has surprised me the most from PJ this season in the NBA game is that he does have some guard skills. Like, we see him dribbling Mm -hmm. up the court off a miss or driving from the perimeter down into the lane. And it's just the the ability to handle the ball as a big without actually losing control of the ball is something that I did not know he had in his game. You know, as his mm-hmm. dad, is there something in his game this season that you did not think would show up so soon um, against NBA talent? I know as a dad, you're probably going to say, well, you know, I, I knew he had this in his game. But is there anything like in his game that just kind of surprises you a little bit that in his first season has uh, showcased itself? Um, probably his his blocks. I didn't think with uh, with his size. I knew he's athletic. I know he has a seven three wingspan, but I didn't. I didn't think he would uh, he would lead the team in blocks and, and do the kind of blocks that he has and, and the help side defense. And he's just getting better and better defensively. So um, that was probably the first thing that that surprised me uh, a little bit. That would transfer over to the NBA. Now, did did he play some guard when he was younger? Because like I, the, mm-hmm. the, the, those type of guard skills just keep surprising me. The, the yeah. more and more he plays. Right now, so when he was younger, I had uh, I had to create a, a different team two years up. So he he's in fifth grade. We created a seventh grade team, and uh, on fifth grade he was the biggest kid. But on seventh grade he was able to play the perimeter. So that's why I had an older team. So I made him play, you know, two years up so he can be on the perimeter. He was point guard, two guard. He won a ninth grade nationals as a seventh grader in Little Rock, Arkansas. He led our team in scoring at sixteen a clip, and he was only in seventh grade and he played the two guard for us. 
So that's where the skill set come in from being on the perimeter. Well, good. Yeah, I think the versatility that you're seeing out of P.J. Washington this year between the post play, the passing, the dribbling, uh, it's its very nice to see out of a rookie, and it, it's very promising for Hornets fans to see this. A couple more questions for you, Paul. Uh, has P.J. had conversations with you about this season in terms of you know, not getting the wins and losses the way that, uh, you know, he probably was accustomed to getting uh, throughout the course of his basketball career. And does that wear on him at all? Um, definitely. I mean, he's a winner. I mean, that's the biggest thing that motivates him is winning. So that was a little frustrating. If you look at the first game and, and they won the first game, he jumped around like they won a championship. <laughs> I mean, he's used to winning, you know. Um, so we just try to keep his head in, into it and, and, and for him to look at family and get better and what he can do to help his team win. So that's definitely something that he's never, you know, uh, been in a situation where they took that many L's uh, so often. So this is different for him. So I just told him you can learn from every situation, you know, and, and for you to look at the game and see what you can do to help your team improve and, uh, you know, get better as a player and get better as a team. So um, I'm excited for the future for him. I mean, they're young, you know, so they're going to take some bumps and bruises. But once they start figuring it out, boy, they're going to be held to reach. I'm excited for them. Yeah, I think the Hornets' approach this season has always been kind of like of one of the rebuild and, and developing the players. And I think as a young player that is accustomed to winning, coming and playing in this game and, and only having 15 wins so far in the season is probably not something that's easy for him. But I think you got to look at the long-term picture with this team. Last question right. I have for you, Paul, uh, is what is one thing that you hope that P.J either accomplishes this season or just kind of takes away from his rookie season um, and kind of looking forward, I guess, either something he accomplishes this season or something he accomplishes a couple seasons down the road? I would just like him to be more consistent, you know, the way he can, you know, PJ can average a double-double if he really just put his mind to it. So I just want him to be more consistent, find a little things in the game that he can improve, uh, you know, to get a couple more rebounds, to get some more steals, get a couple blocks, a couple – you know, shoot better free throw lines. There's always improvement, but um, just a little thing, breaking the game down from, you know, the minutes that he's in the game, the different quarters, half time, so how he can be the most efficient kid out there instead of just sometimes, you know, running up and down the court. So it's, it's a job, you know, and it's uh, you got to break it down like that. So that's kind of what we're, we're talking to him about, the mentality of the NBA and, and how do you be more efficient as a player to help your team win. Well, thank you, Paul, for taking your time out again. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us today. I'm sure the listeners are going to be excited to kind of hear your insight. Uh, we've never had a father of a player appear on our show before. So so thank you again. <laughs> no problem, man. Anytime, Ricky. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you for having me on the show. Um, I'm excited, uh, obviously, to be here in Charlotte and be on my third year and just be able to contribute like I can to the team. Yeah, I wanted to start by asking you a question about your defense. You've always been a plus defender, even though you've often played as that undersized 6'7", 6'8", uh, center. But this season, and more so recently, it feels like you're relishing the opportunity to guard multiple positions. You're getting down in your stance. You're doing a good job of cutting off dribble drives. What have you noticed about yourself when it comes to that end of the court and some of the improvements that you've been seeing? Uh, for me, it's... Um confidence and just having the mentality of not letting anybody throw me on one in a one-on-one situation. I feel like um, I've really set my game up in that in that aspect this season. For me, it's just about not letting, like I said, anybody throw me. So uh, whether that's getting low, um, depending on who you're guarding, knowing what they want to do, and uh, just being physical on that end and trying to, trying to bring some uh, defense to our team. Now, I know players always say they don't care where they play. They just want to you know, be out there on the court and making an impact. But 
Is there some advantage for you playing the four over the five on the defensive side? Like, does it allow you to do some things that maybe you couldn't or wouldn't be able to do normally if you were playing the small ball center? Um, I just think I'm, I'm guarding smaller players. Um, when I play in the five, I'm usually guarding uh, the other team's biggest guy, so it's a lot tougher down in the post. But when I'm playing the four, I'm guarding a lot of smaller guys, being able to switch pick and rolls, being able to check uh, point guards, pretty much everybody on the court. So at the four, it's just a lot. I would say it's a lot harder guarding, honestly. Now, as a team, you guys kind of started off fairly bad on, on defense. In the first three months of the season, you guys were a bottom five defensive team since February 1st you guys have had a top 10 defense. Like what, what do you think has been the biggest factor or turnaround for getting that defense cleaned up? Has it been strictly just like an effort and communication thing? Has there been anything different schematically that Borrego has been preaching? Like if you had to pinpoint it, what's the, what's the cause for this turnaround on defense? I think it's both. I mean, I think it's effort and uh, mentality. And I think also because Borrego has done a good job of emphasizing that in our practices. Um, we obviously know that's one of the things we uh, were really bad in at the beginning of the season, but um, towards playoff time and obviously for us to reach our goal and making the playoffs and making some noise in the playoffs, we have to guard teams. So if we don't guard anybody, we, we're going to lose every game. So for us, it's just being able to guard teams' best players and just give ourselves a shot. Yeah, because you guys are obviously a, a great offensive team, and if you guys can get the defense cleaned up, I, I think that uh, you guys – put yourself in a good position to make a run here uh, towards the end of the season. Now, switching it over to the offensive side of the court, we've seen more three-point attempts from you this season, and we've also seen a shift where you're getting those looks from. I'm sure you're aware that you've seen less time in the corners this year and you're getting more looks at the top of the key. Is that just because you're finding yourself in those spots more, like trailing as a big, and that just happens to be your role, or is there something more to it? I think um, definitely uh, we play a lot of five out, and when I'm at the at the five at the center position, I think I get a lot of tri- a lot more trail threes. So I'm not really in the corners a lot when I'm when I'm playing the five. So that's where most of my threes come from. I think for me it's just an adjustment, it's just being able to knock down shots from anywhere on the court. So um, obviously in my, in my first two years, I was in, in the corners a lot, shooting a lot more threes there. So for me, it's just like I said, being able to shoot anywhere on the floor. I know you've admitted this before, but one of your goals has been to be a better finisher at the rim this year. It might not be where you want it to be, but you've definitely improved. You're shooting 68% within four feet of the hoop. How much of like the finishing at the rim is a mental thing versus like a physical thing? And are you able to practice, you know, finishing at the rim as much as you would like? I think it's definitely uh, a mental thing for me because I feel like I have the athletic ability to finish at the rim. Um, and I've been touching everything. So for me, it's just being able to mentally, uh, you know what I'm saying, just slow down my mind and just go in there and just be confident going up uh, each and every time I do go in there. So for me, I feel like I've done a, a lot better job this year. Um, obviously, there's still room for improvement, and I'm just excited my numbers are going up and uh, they're starting to fall around the rim. Another question I wanted to ask you about is your relationship with Miles Bridges, because when you were drafted a year later, there was plenty of conversation about whether you two could coexist on the court. If your games were just too similar that you could, you had to almost separate your time, like stagger. What do you think about mm-hmm. the pairing with you and Miles and how you guys can benefit and complement each other and feed off of each other when you're out on the court together? I think me and Miles together are great. I mean, it's definitely hard for other teams to guard us. Um, we're both great defenders. We can both guard on the perimeter. We can both guard inside. So, and we're both athletic enough to, you know what I'm saying, block shots, rebound, pass the ball. We can all, we both can pretty much do 
anything on the floor. So just having two guys out there like that, I think it's, it's great for our team. And um, I love playing with Miles. I mean, he can do, like I said, anything on the court. He dunks on people, shoots threes. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? He passes the ball. So he's just a great player. And obviously he's, I feel like he should have been an all-star this year. So uh, he's definitely improved. And um, I'm excited to obviously be here with him. Now, is he the best in-game dunker in the NBA? 100%, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's talk about this last push for the play-in slash playoffs. You guys have less than 20 games left, which is kind of crazy to think about how quickly this season has gone by. But like, what is the top focal point for you guys to make sure that you finish maybe 7th or 8th compared to maybe 10th or 9th? You know, what, what is it that one thing that if you do this well, you'll probably put yourself in a good position? Yeah, defensive rebounding. <laughs> and also, uh, I think we can't overlook anybody. We have to look at every game as it's the last game of the season. And, it's, you know what I'm saying, we need that game. So, for us, I feel like we've been doing a great job since All-Star break of locking in and uh, focusing on everybody we're playing. So, we got to keep that up and just defensive rebound in late-game situations and close our games. We'll be fine. All right, got a couple more questions for you. What have the uh, the newcomers Montrez and Isaiah Thomas brought to this team on the court, but also off the court? Obviously, on the court, they're both great players. Uh, I see is obviously you know what I'm saying. He's, he's a bucket getter. He's a leader. Um, Montrez, he's just a monster in the paint. He's a leader for us as well, and they've both been very vocal for us. Um, I honestly love having both of them here. I wish um, I see had been here all season. So. Um, and Montrez as well. So just having both of them here, uh, they definitely fit our culture and change our mentality and um, push us to be better each and every day. And, you know, as they're helping you push for the playoffs, like what would it mean for this team to actually make it past the play-in, actually get some real playoff experience in a series? What does that do for you and how excited are you to potentially, you know, play a team four times, five times, six times or more uh, in a series? It's going to be great for us. Um, I feel like we're a scary team in the East. I don't feel like a lot of teams want to play us in the playoffs. So if we do get the opportunity to go in there and make some noise, I feel like everybody in the city of Charlotte is is, is ready for that. Obviously, um, our team, we feel like we're ready for that, and we just want to go and show what we can do. Um, we feel like, you know what I'm saying, we feel like um, when we play our best basketball, there's not a lot of teams that can beat us in a seven-game series. All right, let me get you out of here on this last question. I've got a three-year-old, so I can relate a little bit, just maybe not at at the age of 23. Uh, but how's uh, how's fatherhood treating you? Man, it's great. I still can't believe how much my son is, is growing and changing each and every day. Uh, he just turned 10 months two days ago, so um, he's, he's crawling now. He's trying to stand up, trying to get walking. Uh, he's pretty much trying to eat everything, everything I eat. So it's just, I mean, he just, a ball of joy and brings me happiness. And I just love having him here. Yeah. Time, time flies. And I know it's kind of hard for me to say that, even though I have like a three-year-old, but like cherish each moment. If you ever need any TV recommendations, when he gets older, my son is really big into Daniel Tiger and Arthur right now. Okay. Like, yeah. Th- th- those two are the ones that he goes oh, yeah, to. My, oh, I forgot to tell you, my son watches my King. He'll watch it 25 times a day and laugh every single time. And he just loves watching Lion King. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it, PJ. Like I said, I've actually had your dad on the podcast before, so it's nice to have you come on and talk some Hornets, and, and good luck the rest of the way. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.